ask you, is being good at what you do good enough? Eh, probably not. Let's talk about it on The Buyer's Mind. Welcome to The Buyer's Mind, where we take a closer look deep inside your customer's decision-making mechanism to reverse engineer the perfect sales presentation. Now, please welcome your host, Jeff Shore. Well, welcome everyone once again to another episode of The Buyer's Might. I am your host, Jeff Shore, on the podcast where we try and figure out the way that our customers think, the way that we can help them by understanding them best. And today we're going to look at the topic of referrals and how to increase our referral sales, how to help more people, how to serve more people by tapping into that referral base. And joined as always by our show producer, Paul Murphy. Murph, put on your consumer hat for just a moment. When you're shopping for whatever you want to shop for, how important are referrals to you as you're in that, that buying process or in that uh, investigation shopping process? Well, strangely enough, uh, my sprinklers just broke in my house. So uh, I hopped on <laughs> to the local next door uh, neighborhood uh, referral service kind of asking mm -hmm. around. And it was hugely important to find someone that somebody referred. You know, I did the same thing when I had a tree go down in my backyard, a, a big pine tree. And I didn't have a tree guy. I've lived in this home for about five years. I didn't have a tree guy, but I did the same thing. I went on the local neighborhood thing and all I did was put it out there. I had a whole bunch of people who responded uh, but what I found was this one guy's name kept popping up over and over again, and that's the guy that I used, and and he was great. That that referral makes it easier, right? It gives you a little bit of a peace of mind when you're making your decision. Gives you a piece of confidence that uh, at least mm -hmm. somebody liked him. Now, how much more would that mean if it was your next door neighbor who said, "Oh, Murph, I got to tell you what, I got a guy. He's great. He does good work. Come over and look at what he does." How much would that mean to you? Well, and then to be able to witness it on top of it, you know, you got visual sure. evidence. Yeah, helps a lot. You know, it's a funny thing about referrals, and we'll get into that in our conversation today. Uh, when we think about referrals as a strategic way to stand out, there's probably many people in the audience right now who are going, uh, duh, we already understand that. We've heard that before, and yet it's not being taken advantage of. Because it's one thing to understand that we need referrals. It's something completely different to have a diligent, dedicated referral strategy. And I want to ask you that question right now. Do you have a strategy? And if you have a strategy, do you have the tactics that back up that strategy? Because I believe that having that diligent, dedicated referral strategy and working on that every single day is going to set you apart from everybody else. Why would we expect different results if we're doing the same things as everyone else? What are you doing differently in order to step aside? And I think referrals are a way to stand out. Again, it shouldn't be cutting edge, but it is because it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to do it. If you need to have that gutsiness in order to really dig deep for the referrals, go back and read Be Bold and Win the Sale and, and find what you need to do in order to mentally prepare to be the best you can be. And then follow smart people like Bill Cates. Bill Cates uh, began the referral marketing system. Uh, he is the referral coach. You can uh, follow him on referralcoach.com, but he has a lot of great stuff to say about how to build your referral strategy. Here is our interview with Bill Cates. 
You know, one of the things that we like to do in the buyer's mind is that we like to get experts, and I mean true experts, and Bill Cates is a true expert. He is the founder of the referral marketing system. Uh, He is absolutely the definitive voice on referrals. He speaks to thousands of people every year. I get to know Bill Cates through uh, the National Speakers Association, where he is a legend. Literally, he is in the National Speakers Association Hall of Fame. He is the author of three books translated into 15 languages. He's worked with Allstate and uh, Anderson Widows and Bank of America and Merrill Lynch and Mutual of Omaha and Schwab and uh, you name it. He's uh, been a part of it. And he's just a really good guy and a smart guy. You're going to love this interview with Bill Cates. Bill, welcome to The Buyer's Mind. Wow, Jeff, I've never been introduced quite so so well. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Well, that. you got a lot to live up to now. Uh, you better be prepared. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. True. Uh, tell us about your background. How did your career bring you to this point of uh, of interest in referrals? And uh, wh- wh- how did you get to where you are today? Sure, I'll give you the quickest version I can. Essentially, uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I uh, started a book publishing business a number of years ago, and I, I built it to a pretty pretty good level. And and I sold it. Uh, I had a partnership in another book publishing company. I sold that about a year later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was looking for the next thing to do. And yeah. someone said, you know, you got a lot of knowledge. You got a lot of experience. Teach people, you know, be a mm-hmm. speaker, be an author. And I never thought about writing a book before. I published books. And, but, I, you know, I got into the National Speakers Association. I hung around people like you and others that, that did that. And uh, so I, I was kind of doing sales. I was a sales speaker. I wouldn't call myself a sales trainer because at the mm-hmm. time I didn't really have a system. I just had ideas and I like prospecting, yeah. I like finding people and, and, and like you like to say, get into their mind and, and, and spark their interest. And, uh, but then, uh, the idea came up to do something on referrals. I'm mm-hmm. giving you a short version. Yeah. Uh, I wrote my first book on referrals, uh, came out in 96. I've written several since, uh, and it's, it's, you know, targeting my knowledge and has been a, has been a great, fun, rewarding thing. That's great. You know, it's really interesting when we look at the subject of referrals. It's one of those things like follow-up. I'm writing a book right now on follow-up, and it's the subject where everybody nods their head. Everybody agrees. Everybody knows mm-hmm. that it's that these things are important. And yet here you are, you wrote your, your book a couple of decades ago, and yet we're still at a point where uh, uh, we're not really where we need to be in the cultivation of referrals and in the strategy behind referrals. Why, why do you think that's the case? If everybody agrees, why doesn't everybody have this referral thing down? Yeah, well, it's, it's great for business too, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and a new yeah, crop yeah. of folks coming in, you know, sure, yeah, I, had yeah. a, I had a gal reach out to me because they, they, this firm wanted to hire me to speak. And she said, I got started in the business. Uh, she said to her boss, how do I get leads? The boss said, uh, referrals are the best leads for this business. She says, great. How do I get referrals? She says, I don't know. This is what her <laughs> boss told her, right? Yeah. So she found my books and she became number one in her company and all that. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this because there it, it's just most people don't know how to do this. Most people mm-hmm. are afraid of it. And that's one of the main reasons. Uh, it's a fear that that comes from a lack of confidence. This is not rocket science. It's very practical, common sense things. But people don't want to look needy. People don't want to look unsuccessful. People don't want to beg. People don't want to put their you know, their clients, customers on a spot, all those uh, unfounded fears. And and I get it and I respect it in a sense, 
but if you have the right process, that all that goes away. If if you want it to go away, I mean, you can argue for your limitations all all you want, but right, the truth right. is, it, it, you know, I used to call it forgotten gold. It's like everybody knows about it, everybody wants it, but they don't do anything to make them happen. They think they're icing on the cake when they're really the cake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a, a really great way to put it. It is, in fact, uh, the cake itself. Yeah, but what, what's interesting about what you just said, Bill, is that if you've got this idea of a lack of confidence and you've also got this problem of a lack of strategy, right? Because you just told the story about somebody who said, oh, you got to go out there and get referrals. How do you do that? I don't know. So I'm wondering, is this a chicken and an egg thing? Is it is it a lack of strategy causes a weakness of confidence or is it a weakness of confidence that prevents you from developing a strategy? Well, I, I guess it could go either way, but probably it's the lack of a strategy and the tactical aspect because while I teach strategy, I also teach, tac teach tactics and what to say, how to say it. And I found that when you can, you can give someone a strategy, which is a little bigger picture, but then when you give them a way to say it, for instance, say, you know, say this, say it this way, they go, oh, I never thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, there is a way to say it that fits, right? So sometimes providing the tactics can open up the possibility of the strategy, if that makes sense. You know, I was just thinking about uh, Jerry Seinfeld uh, talking about how he writes jokes and and he likens it to songwriting and 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 even down to the point of where you're you know, you're counting syllables and there is a right way to tell a joke just like there's a right way to go about your sales presentation. And I think maybe part of the time we're so into winging it that we miss some of the eloquence that could be available to us. Certainly that seems to be the case when it comes to referrals. Oh, there's no question. And, and, you know, I'll say there's a right way, there's a right way for you mm -hmm. and there's a right way for me. And what I mean by that is, is our, our style, our way of being has to, it has to feel natural enough. I mean, it can be a step out of our comfort zone. Anything we're trying new is, but it can't be too big a step or we'll never do it. So it's got to fit. So, you know, when the devising all the formulas I divided, devised, it's, it's taken into that account. So I'll give people scripts and I'll say, you can say it this way and it will work. It's proven to work. Mm -hmm. But if you want to play with it, adjust it a little bit so you'll actually use it. Right. Uh, then that's even more important. And yeah. the confidence comes from having a path, having a process and then practicing it. And you and I know that most people in this business in sales, sales management, they don't practice enough. Yeah. Um, sales managers feel awkward asking their reps to practice. Reps feel mm -hmm. awkward practicing, but they always benefit after they've done it. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big believer in that. Well, yes, I, I would just amend to say they they always benefited. They've done it enough because oftentimes yeah. what I see, and I know you've seen it too, Bill, where a sales manager at a sales meeting will say, okay, everybody practice this one time. Huge mistake because oh, you yeah. didn't get any better one time. All you did was get frustrated. So it's that gutsiness, not just to practice, but to practice over and over again, which as you and I have both seen is a fairly rare commodity in the sales world. Yeah, we, we had a, a partner. These guys were partners in their business. They came to one of our boot camps. And uh, so they learned the stuff, right? And they went home and they started practicing. And then what they started doing, they told me, is, is giving each other like pop quizzes. So they, you know, pop into the other guy's office and say, all right, you know, ask me for referrals, use Bill's process. And the guy go, now? Yeah, now. And so it, it just took all the fear, all the awkwardness. It just became a natural thing to do because they had practiced it enough. Mm -hmm. And you know, we were doing videotaping one time. We were, you know, the best way to practice is in threes and you have one person be the observer and he holds mm -hmm. 
the sales rep's camera up, right? The phone is the camera. We had this guy, he, he, he got nervous in asking and he put his finger in his ear when he got nervous. It was the funniest thing, <laughs> but he, did, he didn't believe us. And yeah. I said, well, let's go to the video. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. But it's difficult. It's difficult to be self-evaluative. And that's why having the coaching makes just a, a huge difference. There's no question about it, even if it's peer coaching, because you're right. Nobody's going to believe it until they really see it. Let me ask you this. How much of uh, referral marketing is just having the guts to ask? I mean, I'm talking about mindset versus skill set, right? Uh, part of it is just you got to be gutsy enough to ask. And I wonder if that's oftentimes the problem that a lot of salespeople run into. Well, it is. Um, so in the absence of confidence is fear. And mm -hmm. when you don't feel confident, you feel fear, doubt, uncertainty, certainly lack of action. But you mentioned mindset. And, you know, to me, mindset is more than just the guts. It's it's a perspective. And, and a lot of people have very limiting perspectives uh, and mistaken perspectives around this referral stuff. So, for instance, some people say, well, if I just, you know, serve my clients or customers well enough, they'll give me referrals. And, that's half true. Mm -hmm. You know, you do need to serve people well, and some people yeah, will give you. That's just, that's just the ticket day. to the dance, right? This doesn't win you the competition. It exactly. just allows you to walk exactly. through the door. Yeah. Exactly. So you got to be proactive. You know, another one is, is some people think that asking for help is a sign of weakness. Mm. I see this all the time. And, you know, you'd think it's just guys, but it's not. It's the women, too. And mm -hmm. like my fiance and ask for help and well we won't get into that and uh but but you have to realize that this is all coming from a place of help me bring my value to other people it it really comes from believing in value so folks that are newer in, a, in an industry where they don't necessarily yet believe in their value uh you know that's they're lacking confidence in that area too mm -hmm. and they don't even realize how that's stopping them i'll tell you another mindset that that creeps in because i know we have some sales leaders on this call sales sure. leaders um so a lot of sales leaders weren't necessarily good at the referral introduction process themselves mm -hmm. and so a li this little covert contract gets created it's like how can i coach or hold someone accountable to something that i wasn't particularly comfortable with myself and so this covert contract gets created i i won't push you on something that you know that i wasn't good at so that, that leader has to say, all right, guys and gals, we, we all got to get better at this. I'm going to get better at this too. I'm going to get better at it for recruiting. I'm going to get better at the, you know, if, if I'm doing my own book of business, but we all have to get better at this together. And it's about the, the whole firm creating a culture around this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think that part of the issue is at times that, that cultivating a system for referrals is dependent upon a strategy oftentimes of delayed gratification. That is, if I ask you for a sale right now and you're a prospect standing in front of me, I can get a pretty quick answer as to whether or not I got the sale or didn't get the sale. But when mm -hmm. I ask for a referral, oftentimes the results of that conversation are going to take a while. Is there that aspect of delayed gratification that somebody has to understand and if they don't understand that might hamper them in their even their desire to ask for a referral in the first place? Yeah, I think probably that's true. I, I think also if you ask in the right way, uh, you can ask at the point of sale. In fact, it can be a great place to ask because mm -hmm. people have made that buying decision. They're feeling good about the value you provide or they wouldn't be making that buying decision. Hopefully it's not in spite of you. And uh, yeah, right. Uh, so so if you ask in the right way, uh, depending on the business, you actually can get some very quickly. Now, sometimes it takes a while to get actually introduced to those folks. 
sometimes you're right, you just plant the seed for the possibility of an introduction later. Uh, but if we keep planting a lot of seeds, if we say things like, don't keep me a secret, if we say things like never too busy to help others, you mm-hmm. know, through the great value, the work I do, you know, lots of different ways to do this than in every industry, you know, I adjust it for the industry. But uh, planting the seed a lot, that starts to, to, to bear fruit down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be seen as a little longer term approach. But, you know, once you do it a lot, I'll tell you one thing. Studies have shown that a client or customer that comes into a business through a referral, a recommendation from someone they trust, is two and a half times more likely to give a referral, make a recommendation. And so what happens is over time, you plant enough seeds, you get that momentum going, and yeah, maybe delayed gratification with this relationship, but one that you that you planted the seed two weeks ago has turned into something. Mm-hmm. And it just creates a momentum and makes it easier and easier and easier to the point where you don't have to ask as much because it's part of the culture that you've built. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But I can see where that hang up of, well, if I just serve well enough, they're, they're going to talk about it anyway, and they might, mm-hmm. but Maybe. I think they're going to talk about it more, uh, a whole lot more if you're inviting them to. And, uh, you know, it was funny, I, just last week at the time of this recording, last week we did our sales executive summit or sales leadership summit in Denver, and I brought in uh, a mutual acquaintance of ours, Brian Walter, to MC the, the program. Oh, and, oh, what uh, a great guy to bring in. Absolutely. He was just fantastic. It was really great. So I guess this is a referral, isn't it? Uh, but yeah. <laughs> as, it, as it so turns out, uh, three days later, just earlier this week, yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, I gave uh, a keynote speech at a conference in Las Vegas. And in a very passing conversation at the end of my conference, Brian Walter just said, hey, listen, it's a it's a pleasure. That was really great. I enjoyed working with you. And, you know, if, if you hear of somebody who's who's uh, looking for an MC, I, I trust you'll be able to pass my name along. Uh, and I said, of course, absolutely. Never gave it a second thought. Until a few days later, I'm in Las Vegas and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You know what this conference could use? It could use an MC. And it wasn't, you know, on Brian's part, it wasn't pushy. It wasn't manipulative. It was just saying something. It was actually quite simple. He planted the seed and, and we yeah. can do that. And, mm-hmm. and then what happens is that customer client is talking about whatever they purchased from you and someone expresses some interest. And it, sometimes that's all it takes. I've seen people get referrals right on the spot, just by saying, don't keep me a secret. Oh, well, I got somebody should know about you. You just have to, you know, sometimes people don't think about it, but they'd be happy to do it if you just get it into the conversation. I want to interject one thing real quick. Sure. And that is, you know, we've been using the word referrals and the word introduction a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, These days, the the typical referral is like, you know, call George, use my name. Right. Uh, doesn't work so well anymore because George doesn't pick up his phone, especially if our name isn't in it. And he's wondering why his friend gave his name out. Mm-hmm. So these days we, we really need to think in terms of introductions or connections. So when you're with a client or a customer or a prospect or, a, you know, strategic alliance, uh, you know, like you are to Brian, um, I, I would, you know, use the word introductions. You know, let's talk about how you might introduce me to this person. Let's let's talk about, you know, the connection, because you know, word of mouth is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, a referral is okay, but if a connection, that's where now you can start to talk to someone much more quickly. You don't have to wait wait for it to come to you. You know, that's it's interesting you should say that because I think we do that in a business to business environment. 
fairly naturally. I know you and I, uh, Bill, have experience in this, just even if it's through our, our, the National Speakers Association. Hey, you know, would you mind connecting me with that person? Would you would right. you let them know? And and you and I do that all the time, right? Somebody will say, I'd really like to know this person. And, and even if it's just a matter of me sending out an email that says, Frank, meet Marsha. Marsha, meet Frank. You guys need to talk. And then I and then I back out and I'm done with it. But that was enough to move it along because it's an introduction and not just a suggestion. Exactly. And, and I think that's how we should ask. I think mm-hmm. we should ask and say, you know, earlier in the appointment, you mentioned your sister and brother-in-law were, were looking for a new home. Uh, gosh, how do you feel about introducing me to them? Could we talk about mm-hmm. that, you know, for a minute? I mean, it's, that's it. You're just asking for a specific introduction to a specific person. Right. And they can say no. Mm-hmm. or they can say yes. And we, and then they say, no, it's not a big deal. And the worst right. thing you've done is planted the seed. Sure. But that's where you come back to what we were talking about earlier, the idea that if you do serve them well enough, that's not enough to assure a referral. But if you took really good care of people, it's a relatively small favor to say, would you do uh, me the favor of, of uh, making an introduction? That's not a big ask if you've served their needs well. And that's where that customer care really plays off. It's the combination. I took care of you and I asked you to make the introduction. I can't imagine that people are going to suddenly go, well, that was pretty presumptuous of you. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, right? Yeah, it, it, it's exactly right. And and so I teach a, a thing called the value discussion or value check-in. And that's what we do. If it's at the buying decision, you might say, well, you know, you, you've made a great decision here. I want to applaud you for that. And I, I know you had a lot of options with tip the scales for you. And you get them to reiterate why they went with you, uh, which is great because it solidifies their decision. But the, the, the value is being brought to the surface. It mostly comes from them. And then you say, great, let's, you know, let's see if we can bring this value to other folks. You know, I mean, there's different ways to say it, but this check-in, this value discussion that you can do at different points brings the good stuff up. Mm-hmm. And then you're in that right, right frame of mind, that right energy to talk about bringing it to other people. Help sure. me help others is really what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what advice do you have for newer sales professionals who may not have a backlog of past customers to tap into for referrals? Is there anything that they can do uh, to try and uh, take advantage of the things that you teach? Yeah, a couple things. Uh, most salespeople, uh, depends on the industry, of course, but some, or some I should say, have a natural market, which is people that they knew before they got into this particular business. And sometimes it's appropriate to go back to those folks, mm-hmm. talk about what you do, see if those folks might be able to introduce you to others. Uh, but the main thing is just moving forward. Just make sure you check in that, that value is being recognized all along the way, that they're finding the value in the process that you put them through and the decisions they make and how you stay in touch with them over time. And, and, and just, you know, when you're, when you're brand new in this business, you have to be I don't want to use the word aggressive on here uh, because you don't want to be aggressive with this, but you definitely have to have it in your mind all the time because that's how you're going to build. I mean, think about how would someone, I don't care what business someone is listening in, how would someone prefer to meet you? What is their preferred method of meeting you over any other way? And that's an introduction from someone else they already trust. I don't care if it's B2B, B2C, doesn't matter. And yeah. so once you get that in your mindset and you start looking for those opportunities, so that's one thing is to just, just ask and, and look for these opportunities from, from the get-go with every new uh, prospect and client. And some prospects, by the way, 
can be great referral sources. They may not be ready to buy. What you're selling might not be the perfect match for them, but they like you. They like your process. They're happy to help you and help others. Um, and then, of course, there's the, 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 the centers of influence or uh, Ivan Meisner with BNI called a contact spheres. Every industry has those people. Uh, financial advisors have uh, you know, accountants and attorneys that send them. So start to spread your network that way and, and create your, your own personal sales force. You could be a salesperson, but you can create your own personal sales force working for you. And I found we can work with about 20 to 25 people. We can manage that about that many relationships, staying in touch with those people, making sure they know our value, making sure we know their value and looking for ways to help each other out. So uh, those are the two things for new people is the you know is to work the referral process quickly and early and then to build up this this stable uh, of your own personal sales team. Let me ask you uh, for your opinion on this. I got a text on Monday night. I'm just going to read you the text here, Bill, and let you as a referral <laughs> expert evaluate it and tell me whether you think that this approach is the right way. Uh, oh this is a, a guy I, I know that, you know fairly well, not not I wouldn't call us best friends, but but we're friends. He says, uh, hey, Jeff, I started a business doing investments along with auto, home, and life insurance about a year ago. Got with the same company Dave Ramsey started his finance career with, and we teach all the same concepts. I'm looking for some referrals. Do you know anyone that could use help getting out of debt, make more money, or get a better rate of return? Let me know. Thanks, Jeff. Um, so what, what, what is your what is your approach on that? Because he is he's asking uh, for a referral. He's trying to, to yes, get a, a sense. Uh, what is your approach? How would you tweak that conversation? Uh, I tell him to don't do it. Um, mm -hmm. So so the first thing is, um, you may know him and trust him. It sounds like you knew him from some other life, mm -hmm. uh, other yeah. other business he was in. And so you may like him and trust him, but he has uh, limited credibility with you mm -hmm. in terms of being a financial advisor. Uh, he's not referable yet. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, he planted a seed maybe, mm -hmm. but if I were him and, and I thought you were a, a good potential uh, resource, once you knew his value, I'd take you to lunch. I'd, you know, mm -hmm. I'd buy you a drink, I'd take you around the golf, something. And say, mm -hmm. let me tell you what I'm doing. Let me show you the work I'm doing for people. Let me give you a few examples of problem, solution, problem, solution. And so, I mean, the, the most that would probably elicit from you if someone says, hey, Jeff, do you know someone who can, you know, we need a, some financial guidance. Well, I know this guy. I don't know how good he is, but, you know, mm -hmm. reach out, buyer beware kind of referral, right? right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but if he met with you and, and you saw how much he cared and you saw the, his, his values and da, 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 you know, talk, talk to this guy, talk to Pete, talk to Laura. Um, you know, I've seen their process. I, I see how he really cares about his clients. You should at least consider talking to him, right? That's what we yep. need. Mm -hmm. um, so he, he, you know, I think he, I think he's throwing some stuff to the wind and hoping some yep. of it sticks. Right. Right. And this goes back to what we were talking about uh, earlier, you know, providing great service, building that credibility, being referable, 
is the starting point. It's not the ending point, but it's a starting point. So you have to have both of these things together. You have to be, as you just said, referable, and then mm-hmm. you have to ask for uh, the referral along those lines. So maybe I'll reach out to him and say, we got a little work to do, according to my friend, Bill Cates. All right. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, it's not me. It's not me. It's Bill. Uh, let me just, uh, we're just about out of time here, but uh, yeah. let me just ask you, you've been in the sales business for quite some time. What do you wish that you knew 30 years ago? What do you know today that you would wish you'd have known 30 years ago? Yeah, I'd say two things probably. Um, one thing is, is what I learned from a guy named John Palumbo and he calls it the benefit of the benefit. Uh, I call it the impact of the benefit these days, but it, in, in, other, in other words, probably everyone listening understands the distinction between a, a feature and a benefit, but the benefit of the benefit or the impact of the benefit is how that benefit resonates with the potential buyer, with the prospect. Right. So if you talk about a benefit of your product or your service, you, know, you want to say, so, you know, what would that look like for you? Or how do you how do you see that making a difference for you? Or mm-hmm. you know what I mean, it's, it's like getting them to try it on a little bit mm-hmm. um, to try on the benefit you just articulated. So that's something I, I could have done a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And the other is, is the, the, the age old, quote unquote, asking for the business. Um, and the way I think the best way to ask for the business is to make a recommendation is to say, you know, Jeff, on all the things we've talked about, you told me you want this and this and this, you know, I, I think this would be the best solution for you. I recommend we move forward with this because that's going to suit all your needs. That's going to produce a result you want, whatever the language is for your business. But coming from that place of confidence of making a recommendation mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and people like that, they resonate. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to say yes. Mm-hmm. but you're going to increase the chances. Um, and it's better than saying, well, what do you think? <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Hey, before we let you go, we're going to put you on the hot seat, a few rapid fire questions and rapid fire answers. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Here we go. Your very first job was what? Uh, working at a gas station for two bucks an hour. Love it. Uh, back back when, when they were called service stations and you, you wore a shirt and tie and said, good afternoon, Mr. Johnson. May I fill her up and check your oil? Uh, people give me five bucks and say, fill it up. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an album from your youth that you listen to over and over again. Oh, that I listen to, oh, anything probably from The Who. Yeah, um, love it. And I also way, way back loved The, 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 the Young Rascals. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's putting me old here. <laughs> there you go. The most beautiful place you've ever stood. Oh, my Lord. Um, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Uh, uh, you know, Zermont, where the, you know, then the, and the, the Eiger range and all that. Mm-hmm. I, I also stood at the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. I climbed that and that was also beautiful in its own way. I would uh, think a couple of couple of cool places. Sure. Uh, any book that you've read that's made a profound impact on your life? Well, uh, an old classic, Think and Grow Rich. Uh, sure. Great book. I've read it several times over the years. Yeah. Uh, more recently, um, other than my own books, of course, uh, <laughs> are uh, Don Miller's Building a uh, Story Brand. Mm-hmm. Building a Story yeah. Brand is a great book yeah. about clarity in your messaging. And I've quoted sure. Don in my newest book. And so we, we're simpatico when it comes to that. That's also a great book. Love it. Uh, a movie you've seen multiple times, but it doesn't matter when it comes on. You just have to watch it. Well, that used to be Camelot, but I think I watched it so many times. I was in the play in high school, so you know I ah, had a special. There you go. Yeah, I was yeah. King Arthur and all that, but uh, <laughs> I, I, that was, yeah, uh, 
So that one was one. Um, I don't think I have one where I just keep watching more than right. a couple times. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. And finally, uh, your first celebrity crush. Oh, that would have to be uh, Cheryl Ladd. Oh, can't argue there. Cannot that, argue that, there. Yeah, that That's just, you know, that was a no brainer. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. You're off the hot seat. Uh, Bill Cates, that was just great. I, I want to encourage our listeners here. Go to referralcoach.com. We'll put that in the show notes, but referralcoach.com. And when you get there, you know, get to know uh, Bill Cates, get to know what he does. Uh, but also he has got an entire online system. So, you know, look, hopefully your your company will want to bring Bill in to be able to work uh, with the entire team on how to build your referral uh, strategies. But the one-on-one -on -one systems that he offers are really, really strong, easy to manage. It's worth investing a relatively small amount of money in your career to be able to look at it and say, I want to do things that other people are not doing in order to get results that they are not getting. You can find all of that at referralcoach.com and uh, definitely worth uh, following. Uh, Bill, you are a legend and a well-deserved. Thank you so much for being on The Buyer's Mind. I mean, I have a lot of respect for what you do, Jeff. It's It's been a pleasure. All right, Murph, there you have it. I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, here's, here's the thing that I love more than anything else. Uh, it's not the icing on the cake. It is the cake. That is that referrals are sales. They're not bonus sales. They are sales. As long as you look at it as a bonus sale, then you have it in your mind that it's sort of optional. It's not something I really have to do. But if you're a top performer... You have to do everything you can do in order to be as successful as you can be. Isn't that a great way to put it? It's not the icing on the cake. It is the cake. It is. Uh, and I think that's really important for uh, our audience to understand that it is the cake. Yeah, it is it is solid. Uh, a, a couple of great tips. The idea of, of getting into your repertoire. I'm never too busy to help others. Uh, I love the idea of thinking in terms of introductions or connections and asking your customer for an introduction. Murph, I, again, putting on the consumer hat for just a second. I'm guessing that you wouldn't be so upset if somebody took really, really good care of you if they said, hey, can you make an introduction to this person over here? I'd be happy to do something like that, especially if we had a good relationship and they did good work. And that's what we were talking about, right? That that great work that you're going to do has already been done. Why not leverage it? Nobody's going to be upset. Nobody's going to be offended. Nobody's going to look at you and say, well, that was pretty presumptuous. It's, not, it's just simply not going to happen. And if you're in the audience, you just heard Murph's perspective as a consumer, he'd be happy to do it. And I think that's generally the way it goes if we take good care of people. Now, I presume you're taking good care of people. So why not have that payoff? But I would suggest one other thing here to you, and, and Bill mentioned this uh, briefly, ask for the referral when the emotion is high. And I want to suggest that the emotion is high when the customer says yes. When the customer has just agreed to buy, remember that people make decisions out of the emotion and they support it with the logic. So when they say yes, we are going to do this, we are going to move forward, what does it mean? It means that that emotion is already high. Well, if, if it's already high... Let's do something with that. Let's ask for the referral. Now, here's one possibility uh, for you to be able to do that. I used to sell homes and I used to say to my customers at the time of contract, I would say, look, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now that I am going to be asking you for to make introductions to other people who might be interested in living here. OK, but I want to make sure we're clear on that. I'm not going to be making that uh, suggestion because I think you owe me something. 
no, I'm going to be making that suggestion because I'm going to take such good care of you that by the end, you're going to want to do that. So I'm just going to drop that in your mind right now, uh, and then you can hold me to that. Fair enough? So I would put myself out there and make that promise that I'm going to take such good care of you that you're going to want to pass my name along and make the introduction to somebody else who's thinking about living in this area. So I want to make a suggestion here to you. Craft what it sounds like for you, for you, for your product, uh, for your value proposition. How do you leverage the time that a customer has just said yes to be able to ask for the introduction? Now, once again, what it means is that you had to do great work to get to that point. You had to have such a great connection. You had to have provided so much value that by the time you get to that point, it's going to be a no-brainer. But figure out your strategy to ask when the emotion is high, and the emotion is always high when they say yes. Hey, listen, thanks for listening to The Buyer's Mind. And I want to just about let you know and let you know that I need your referrals. I would love for you to be thinking about introduction on keynote speaking opportunities. I speak at a lot of conferences and a lot of different industries. I love to talk about The Buyer's Mind. I love to talk about how people make decisions. And I love to talk about being bold. So if you're aware of an organization that you belong to, maybe it's your own company that's looking for a keynote speaking opportunity, I am looking for those opportunities uh, throughout the coming year. And uh, that's what I'm really focusing in on more and more. I just boldly ask you for that referral. Uh, call me, reach out to me, Jeff at JeffShore.com. All right. Thanks for listening to The Buyer's Mind. Until next time, go out there and change someone's world. 